Yeah. You, you, you don't need to agree. It's okay. <laughs> I said yeah. <laughs> Are you going to yeah out of Andy? That's true. Yeah! Not better. Self-centered. Yeah. I mean, uh... Always playing guitars. Get up my lord, you son of a bitch. I said, whoa, dragon. I'm gonna make you eat thunder and crap lightning. Your Simply Sam became... Mickey. Mickey. He's definitely not your Simply Sam. Hey, Rock. He'll knock you to tomorrow, Rock. They was handpicked. I'm Captain Benjamin Sisko. Welcome to Deep Space Nine. Red alert. All crew members report to battle stations. Red alert. Shields up. What shields? You're sparkling officers. Now start acting like it. Oh, it's just Garrick. Plain, simple, Garrick. Dax. We might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist. The wormhole does bring them our way, doesn't it? Everyone wants a piece of the new frontier. This will shortly become a leading center of commerce and of scientific exploration. And for Starfleet, one of our most important posts. Quite a motley crew you've assembled here, Benji. Listen to the prophets. Deep Space Nine podcast. And here are your hosts, Andrew Leyland, Paul Spataro, and Dr. Bill Robinson. Bloody hell. Hello, everybody. Is this the point where I interrupt? Oh, sorry. <laughs> you fucker! <laughs> <laughs> no one expects the Bill interruption. <laughs> See, that, that's the thing. Billy is interruptus. It would be like a Roadrunner cartoon that would come on underneath yeah. you right now. Billy is interruptus. And then I would say English narratorus. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Listen to the Prophets at Deep Space Nine podcast, a Two True Freaks presentation. Today, it's the resurrection. She loved him once. Can't be. But when Kira's dead lover appears to be resurrected, I'm a thief. Falling for him again could be fatal. On the next Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Hey, 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 Res- hey, 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 it's not going to get any better than that, folks. And today I am joined by my illustrious cohorts, delving through the wormhole. It's Mr. Paul Spataro and the prophet, Dr. Bill Robinson. Sadly, our fourth co-host hated this episode so much, he's faked illness to not be here today. <coughs> Guys, I can't make it. Uh, all right, Dave. If you're not feeling well, you'd better go home and go to bed, mate. All right, thanks. Okay. Thank you God take care. <laughs> it would be really funny, though, if Dave actually inserts himself doing that. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, news. Star Trek news. The, there's oh, been no, a... wait, wait, wait. We oh, do no, wish, wait, wait, wait. We do wait, wish wait, wait, Dave well and that he gets better. Oh, do it? he actually I, is sick. No, 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 because I think with this episode, we're all jealous of Dave for being sick. Yeah, I know. Uh, Why couldn't I get yeah. sick? Yeah, Damn yeah, no, good is, health. <laughs> he is genuinely ill. Uh, yeah, Star Trek news. The cartoon's been picked up by, is it Cartoon Network? I don't know. I, wasn't it, uh, it going to be CBS? 
Mm. No, is it? Is, it's Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network. I'm sure it is. Nick, 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 Nick. I didn't even know there still was a Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network. Mm. I knew there was a Cartoon Network. I didn't know there was a Nickelodeon still. Star Trek animated series announced for Nickelodeon. Okay. I there we go. I did not know that. Well, there you go. And, uh, it's, Are they getting it's, to the I point don't... of over-proliferation? They're getting to the point of making shows that I have absolutely no interest in watching. Well, and that's okay if there is an audience that is interested in watching it. But are they making shows now where it's going to be too much similarities and they're gonna, and people are going to say, well, I don't want to watch, uh, you know. I don't think there's any kids clamoring for a Nickelodeon, uh, for, for a Star Trek show on Nickelodeon. But well, I guess we'll see. Yeah, well, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's Discovery's got a third season. Uh, the Captain Picard spinoff has, is filming as we speak. Well, maybe not at this exact moment, but whatever. Um, the Philippa Georgiou Section 31 series, which I have no interest in whatsoever, having sat through season two of Discover, is also apparently going ahead and this animated series. Uh, of those, I can honestly say I am only interested in the Captain Picard spin-off. Uh, although, if there isn't a mini-series about the Enterprise with Sp- Kirk, Kirk, with Pike, Spock, and Number One, I will be very surprised. Yeah. <laughs> He's so excited. Well, yeah, I mean, I would be, I would, I'd like to see that, but I don't know if we'll we'll see that. So I would, I would really like to see. Ended. Well, we can't really say much about it because no, no, one, given one of our people of isn't here, and the other one hasn't seen it. So I, I think that sets them up for doing a, a Pike series. I would really like the cartoon they talked about for CBS, the Lower Decks one. I would really like for that to have a tag and bink kind of feel about it. And if it does, I think I love it. Yeah, if they're just booking around while all the big events are happening. Yeah, and, and you know, just showing the comic, you know, the comedy ver- aspects of certain things. You know, be, being kind of very meta and self, uh, you know, self-aware and making fun of itself in an intelligent way. I would love that. Is it below yeah. decks in what show? I'm not sure. I don't even know if it's a... Because I was just thinking of that, like, how, like, you know, because you said it's below decks, say, during, dur- during the original series, a guy comes in, hey, why is everybody this little, uh, what are all these little cubes doing sitting around with all the, you know, where yeah. everybody was shrunk down to a little cube and they're, like, crushing a cube. I'm not sure if I it's I guess that's not of... really funny. No, but it, would, it could be. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's, like, an ongoing thing or if it's an anthology or what exactly it's going to be. So I'm, I'm just speculating without any kind of data to base it on uh, but I would enjoy something along those lines is my only point mm. but anyway that's that's it for news okay and uh, so. Resurrection sucked see you all next week <laughs> the show is over it didn't completely suck it was you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and I'm gonna say it was better than move along home <sighs> well yes but so syphilis um, all right, with no more news. Sorry. Resurrection. I am the resurrection, and I am the light. Is that an no English st- song? No Stone Roses fans listen to this show? No? Okay. No. Well, you should. Well, you did a beautiful rendition. The Stone Roses, the debut album. Go and listen to it. It's great. Is that a, uh, what What decade are we talking? 1989, 1990, was it? Oh, the Stone okay. Roses. You'd like it, Bill. Paul. Oh, 
Oh, okay, cool. Uh, and it's got waterfall on it. You'll love that one. That's that's a really jolly little tune. Yeah, I am putting off talking about Resurrection. Um, Star Trek Space Nine, Season 6, Episode 8, uh, is Resurrection, directed by LeVar Burton, written by Michael Taylor, and featuring the return of Philip Anglim as... Barry Barrail. Barrail, isn't it? Barry. I don't know his name. Yeah, Barry. We'll just, yeah. we'll just call him Barry. We'll just go with Barry. <laughs> hey, the, uh, Barry's back. Yay. Go, Barry. The plot for this one, as per Wikipedia's extensive <laughs> summary of episodes, is as follows. The Mirror Universe version of Vedic Barail arrives on Deep Space Nine as he flees from the Alliance. His real reason for being in the regular universe is to steal the Bajoran Orb of Prophecy and Change from the in- for the Intendant, the Mirror, Kira Norris. However, before he can complete his mission, he has a change of conscience, convinced by the normal Kira, leaving the Orb behind and returning to the Mirror Universe with the Intendant. The end. No, come on, Bill. Come on, I mean, Andy. Come on, read it. Read the real one. <laughs> that That is the real one. No, come on. There's got to be more to this plot than that. That is the real synopsis. No, that's come pretty on. much what happens in this episode. Stop pulling my leg. Read the real one. I'm not. But that is the real synopsis. That's oh, it. So you're telling me this show is even shittier than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> that That's... That's, but I mean, fair play to Wikipedia for one of the first times in the history of the show. I don't really have a problem with that synopsis. <laughs> you know, I'm joking around about it. And the synopsis is accurate, but that's that's. There's a reason it's so so bare bones because nothing happened that was worth reporting. Yeah, and Except there are some, waste. There are some good bits in it. Okay, um, yeah, what are they? Scene <laughs> were. The scene where they go for dinner at Worf and Jadzia's, other than Jadzia's god-awful dress, is uh, lovely. A genuinely funny scene, I thought. Especially when Beryl shows Worf how to steal a dagger from a Klingon warrior. <laughs> I thought that that, that, was, uh, that was a nice that scene. That story was and, a lie. And then the, the mole having a little bit of a gossip on the bridge later on was, was quite entertaining. And then now the visitor's performance... Uh, is absolutely wonderful because not only mm-hmm. is she always great as the intendant, but when she's the intendant dressed as Kira, there is absolutely no doubt which one is which because of the way she uses her body language for both characters. Uh, I'll grant you that the intendant is the only positive in this just because she's funny. Yeah. Um, but the entire first half of this show, he shows up from the Marie universe because she's Kira. She takes him straight to bed. <laughs> And the entire first half of the show, I'm like, is this all this is going to be? Because I had no memory of this episode at, at all. Probably a good thing. Um, and 25 minutes into it, nothing has happened. And I do wonder if it's a case of they only added the intendant to it because nothing was continuing to happen. And it's it's just not great, is it? Let, let's try and do our best to delve into some aspects of this. So now I guess what they're saying is she loves Barail no matter what form he takes that mm. you know I, I guess you know we could go a little into the nurture nature thing and saying even though he had a different nurture and was different personality wise he said he certainly had more personality than the normal universe Barail I'll give him that uh, although I didn't find it any more appealing um, but I guess they're saying deep down inside he's the same person yeah you know that that seems to be the the message they're giving. So she would still fall in love with him for exactly that reason. I'm not so sure that that's. I don't know. I, I, Doesn't that kind of make 
Kira seem a little shallow? Uh, yes, vapid, <laughs> shallow. Oh, well, it, it may please you to know that Nana Visitor agrees with you and really disliked this script. I, I think it makes her seem vapid, shallow, and slutty. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's the she's it's getting the 24th back. century. She's allowed to be who she wants to be. But yes, Nana, everybody's Nana, allowed to be who they want to be, but that doesn't mean that you, that, that you don't have a personality for being that, and her personality is, yeah, come on, hop into my bed. Yeah, and I, so Nana Visitor felt the same way you do. She felt that she was well over Beryl, and even though just, he is slightly more interesting than regular universe Beryl, that she wouldn't necessarily have done this. So Nana Visitor wasn't happy with it either. Yeah, hasn't she moved on and fallen in love with other boring people now? Yes. Well, no, because she's... she's I mean, not kind of, more boring. Kind of moving into a... You know, her relationship with Odo is kind of on the men's or blossoming. And, hey, I'm just going to, you know... Oh, look, Barile. Barile 2. Electric Boogaloo. Here I go. Here I go again with Barile. <laughs> With Barry. 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 Flying through the only wormhole I've ever known. Now, what I did see is that they had a longer opening scene originally, which would have given it just slightly more resonance because they talked about, uh, what's her name? The, uh, uh, what's her name? Descartes' daughter. They had Dax and... uh, And Kira talking about her. Zael. Zael. I couldn't remember her name. Uh, so that gave it a slightly, you know, more, you know, emotional moment. And I guess you would have some sort of a, a correlation there between someone she cared about who's gone and now somebody she cares about who is gone comes back. Mm. So, it, it, you know, it might have given it slightly more resonance, but I think really no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that that would have... Because I don't know about you guys, but I don't feel the loss of Zael. Because I didn't really care about her as a character. Nope. You know, I I I'm, I found her loss to be more emotional watching Ducat respond to it than the fact that her character died. So yeah, I'll so, go along with that. So I, I and and I never really felt the chemistry between Kira and Zael. You know, they told you how much she cared and she was a mother figure to her <laughs> and all, but it didn't feel like it. She was no, we didn't see enough it. of it, did we? And it didn't feel like no. she was truly nurturing her or anything like that. Uh, much like, and here we go with a parallel, much like her relationship with Beryl. It never felt real. It never felt organic when it when it did exist. So now he comes back in, in a slightly more animated form uh, and she's ready to be in love again. Now, script-wise, that all works because clearly he kind of falls in love with the, you know, our universe, Kira, at the end and betrays the Intendant. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> it just does it, like, it, it's all, it all feels like it's script. It doesn't feel like any of it re- is real. And as good an actor as uh, Nana Visitor is, I don't think she can make this script work. Mm-hmm. Now, now she does do a terrific job with, with the comedy aspect of the Intendant. Yes. Oh, my shoulder. Oh. Oh, oh my... yeah. Can you just rub? Oh, just a bit further. Boom. <laughs> I, I think my, my favorite line is, Narice, oh, you look as beautiful as ever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The raging narcissism of the, uh, the intendant is joyous. So, yeah, all of that's great. I'm not willing to use the word great for any aspect of it. Oh, well, all right. In comparison. In comparison. It's, 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 it's 
it's more enjoyable because at least it made me smile a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that that's that's the one aspect. And so I guess they tried to turn the mirror universe on its side by instead of having us go to the mirror universe, now they had somebody from the mirror universe come here. Uh, I think they made the wrong choice as to who should come. You know, I, I just don't feel Burial had enough. Uh, lasting impression is, on everybody for everybody to care that he came over. Yeah, but he is the perfect tool to get in with. He's a perfect tool, all right. <laughs> would, it, would it have been? Would it have been a much more even even with what I just said about the chemistry between the two and all? Would it have been a much more emotional episode if if Mira Zayal had come over? Mm. Yes, probably. Short, shortly after she lost her as a oh yeah, friend yeah. I, figured, well, because then across. I think <clears throat> I think. Well, then they could have drawn in more actors to be affected by it instead of just Narice. You, you could have, mm. you could have had, and a Garrett. bunch of people walking on the promenade going. <laughs> so, so the so the the elevator pitch on this is somebody from the mirror universe comes over and it it has a, an emotional impact, and and I would say that's Mary. Have, have Zayel come over and have Garrick be the focus of the episode. Mm. Well, Garrick and and Narice. Well, because, you know what, the relationship between Garrick and Zial actually felt more real to me than the relationship between Nerys and Zial. Mm-hmm. So, you know... And I, Garrick, I, would, Garrick would immediately be suspicious, but he could still fall for it. And that might be the, that might be the whole thing, because it goes against his personality to be that trusting, and, and as he starts to be more trusting, then he gets betrayed. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think you might have a, a stronger episode then, maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Or but here's I, I like the one the... telling Garrick not to trust Zial, because maybe she sees something in him that he's blinded to by his uh, his his unrequainted love or the love that he didn't get to have with her. I, I think. Look at that. We've already written a better episode once again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that I, does sound like a better episode. And still dealing with a character that I wasn't all that crazy about. So it's not even like, oh, I'm just replacing one you know, character with a much better character. I just think it would have been a better plot and better story. Plus, it would have been more uh, more topical for the show because Burrell's gone a long time now. We don't care. He's, you know, the, the same way uh, Nana Visitor feels like Kira's over her, over him, we're over him too. <laughs> you know, mm. he's gone. Oh, but better yet, they could have brought back, they, they could have had Mirror Shakar come over too, and then we could have had like a threes company thing going, coming on the promenade. That, that, that's, that's that's not the threes thing that Kira would be having. Oh oh oh, <laughs> Halloween time. Oh sorry. <laughs> uh, see, the only other bit of this one I really liked was that it was Quark who pointed out to her that he was still a badun. Mm-hmm. I thought that was quite um, quite interesting that the writers decided to have that be Quark who. It's it's demonstrative of how much the relationships between the characters have changed over the years. There is no way that Kira would have had that relationship with Quark back in season one and two. No. And now we're here. Quark is the one that can he jokingly say, um, you know, I know thieves and he's a thief. Yeah. Quark can see through your bull. Yeah. So that, that they were the only other other than now the visitor hamming it up as the intended, which I will watch. 25 minutes of with no problem <laughs> other than that this this is a bit of a waste of everybody's time and talent to be honest with you yeah and, and you know we, we've talked about changing the focus of the series and you know not necessarily staying so intense over and over and over again uh but this isn't the way to to go light-hearted well iris Stephen barry even uh one of the things they said was they knew they thought they were going to take a hit with 
uh, you know, because they just came off the war, they came off the wedding, and yeah, then we we his, had the wedding for the change of pace. We didn't need this one. Yeah, because he, he even said that people were going to say, "This is what you're going to do next." <laughs> yeah, well, this this one this one feels like a wasted opportunity because we're down to now a season and two thirds left on the show, and this is what you're going to focus on. You know, I, I agree. It, it, it's you know, you just had your change of pace episode with the wedding, which uh, you know, based on our group, was had had some mixed feelings about it. Uh, mm-hmm. And that, now, you know, we don't necessarily have to dive headlong back into the war and intensity, but I think you need to get to something a little bit more meaty than this. This is this is a total throwaway episode. If this episode didn't exist at all... It, Nobody it, would care. Yeah, it, it wouldn't affect the, the, the narrative of the series. It, it would just... It would have no impact other than we, I wouldn't have wasted 45 minutes watching it. And hmm. however much time we spend talking about it and however much time our beloved listeners spend listening to us talk about it. Yeah, this was completely a... Uh, uh, I rewatched this a couple... Oh, a couple weeks ago because I had I I was riding the wave through the war and the wedding, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna keep watching. And man, I hit this, and it was like, oh. <laughs> if you've got a copy of a dictionary, go and look up the word superfluous, and this episode's next to the description. Sea <laughs> resurrection. What? That makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I mean, that's, oh, wait, that's pretty much all I've got. I get it. That's pretty much all I've got on this one. Yeah, I mean, this I, t- not pass- I texted oh. when we're when we're watching them. We'll occasionally text each other with little WhatsApps, and I texted all of you with, "Oh Jesus, Barile's back," <laughs> and that pretty much summed up my feelings to the episode. Just him being in it was enough to to kill any enthusiasm I had for it in the first place. The fact that it ended up being as lackluster as it was didn't help. Did you uh, did you take any message in the fact that none of us said, "Oh no, Andy, you're wrong." <laughs> No, no, even you wouldn't have been able to convince me that you liked this one. Yeah, yeah, this wasn't worth being the one to pretend that I disagreed with you on. Yeah, the the, the other ones, like, you've occasionally got me going, well, all right, I can see probably why you would enjoy this one. That'll go to a good discussion. With this one, I'd have been like, you're pulling my leg. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I know my limitations. I wouldn't even try this one. So I guess well, that's this is, it for me. Yeah, we're going to be a short episode on this one. You want to rate it? Uh, I'm tempted to give it two just because I liked a couple of the character scenes and Nana Visitor's performance as the intendant is always worth watching. So I'm going to go with two. Okay, I'm going to go 1.5. It, it isn't totally without merit. I think if not for the intended scenes, it would be either a 1 or a 0.5, but I'm putting it as below average, which I have 2.5 as average, so I'm putting it one full point below average and going 1.5. And and my biggest reason is exactly what I just said. If this episode didn't exist at all, I wouldn't feel like I was missing anything. William? One. One. The loneliest number. Yes. Wow, you're really going for one? Okay. I'll go for one. Well, be, okay, when I did the rewatch, I... I put it on and I walked around the garage. I did a bunch of other things. Oh, look, the intended. And then, oh, look, the episode's over. All right, let's get in the next episode. I did not care. Oh, just uh, I, as I was, tried I'm to be have a critical eye, but I just was like, you know, I'm I'm not even going to come up with a piffy, you know, I'm not even going to give it one block of wood. It's just a one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. No, neither, <laughs> neither of us are going to argue with you. <laughs> uh, I, I I'm just noticing on on the spreadsheet, you know, where I put the scores and everything that uh, 
uh, or the release date on this, all of us will be having fun and Andy will go to work because happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> it's right, right around oh, Thanksgiving God. time. Give or take mm-hmm. a week. I'm not sure exactly what day Thanksgiving <laughs> falls on in 2019, but uh, the release date on this episode is November 20th. I think it's a Thursday. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a Thursday as well. <laughs> well, that's that's it. I never could get the hang of Thursdays. <laughs> you you go straight from Wednesday to Friday. Yep. Because so. Friday, I'm in love. <laughs> uh, so you know who the cure are, but you don't know who the stone roses are. Nope. Nope. <laughs> well, hey, I, I I got that reference. <laughs> Thanks, Captain America. To, I am here to educate you. So that's what we think. But what does Blaine think? Anyone? Uh, you had one last time, and I interrupted with. Oh, I remember. That was Blaine. That was Blaine. 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 Blame, 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 can't get enough of your love, baby. <laughs> can't get enough of your love, Blaine. Blaine I, uh, Barry White is so. I remember when Barry White was around and coming out with these songs, and I couldn't stand it, and now I love it. So it's what a difference years make. Or Anyways. you know, we could throw a little Lou Rawls in it. You'll never find another Blaine like mine. Have Someone I- who send you emails like he does. Have I told you my Lou Rawls story ever? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bill, you just got an eye roll, dude, a fan. <laughs> really? Is that good? W- was it a good or bad eye roll? She just did a flea bag side eye and then rolled her eyes because she mouthed, is that Bill? And I went, yeah, and she just rolled her eyes at you and walked away. What's a flea bag side eye? Side eye? <laughs> oh, do you not? have you never seen Fleabag? Fleabag is a BBC Two sitcom starring Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Uh, and all, one of the conceits of the show is all of the time she will break the fourth wall and talk to us in the middle of conversations with other characters. And sometimes she'll just do like a side eye at us when somebody says something that she doesn't agree with. The best bit is when she meets somebody in the second season who keeps saying to her, who do you keep talking to? <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly quite good. Fleabag, it's probably on Netflix because it's a BBC sitcom. So it's really, it is funny. It's not as good as Derry Girls. And Bad Pixels, Dead Pixels will probably resonate with you two more because it's about gamers. But oh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of sci-fi stuff in there as well. But there's three really excellent sitcoms that you should have a look at if you've got Netflix. I only know, Oh, yeah, I, know I just Fleabag did a picture is, of Fleabag, uh, and she's, like, looking at the side. She's, like, looking. Yeah. Okay. I, I know Fleabag is the 1970s cartoon incarnation of the odd couple. It was the oddball couple, and it was a uh, prissy cat who lived with a sloppy dog, and the dog was, <laughs> and the dog's name was Fleabag. It was Spiffy and Fleabag. Well, Phoebe Waller Bridge is the robot in Solo. Oh, she plays Lando's robot in Solo, and she's also been recruited to bump up the script for the new James Bond movie because she also wrote Killing Eve, which I've never seen, but is apparently really good. Ers on BBC America. Yeah. yeah, it was on BBC America before it was over here because BBC America apparently funded it. But Phoebe Waller-Bridge wrote that. Mm. Oh, now I have something new to look for. Well, the thing with British sitcoms as well, Fleabag's twelve episodes, and you're done. 
<laughs> that's it. It's finished. Oh, it's just two seasons, that's it? Or that's yeah, all they have out right now? No, well, that's all they've got right now, but the current rumour is that's going to be the end. They're not going to do any more. Whereas Derry Girls is also two seasons, but they're doing a third. So, so, so did Angela not like my singing? She always loves your singing. Oh, it was okay. just a, it was just a case of as she's walked through, she can only hear it through my headphones, and it was a case of what the hell's that noise? Is that Bill <laughs> again? Bill again? That would be Bill. Yes. So uh, just to, to finish my my reminiscing, uh, back around I don't know when when that song that Lou Rawls song was new. Uh, there was some sort of a telethon on TV. I, I don't think it was the Jerry Lewis Labor Day telethon. Yeah, it was, I know what it you're talking about. It was a telethon, does... and he sang that song, and in the middle of the song, he went into a coughing fit. And my, brother, my brother and I were watching it, and we were hysterical laughing watching it. Just, you know, at his at his humiliation and pain, uh, we, we got a lot of amusement. You so, evil, evil children. I've looked for it over the years on YouTube and whatever. I can never find it. But I, I just, it, it is very mean, but I, but we were hysterical. We were young kids. We thought it was funny. It's very mean, but funny. Yeah, well, that's why it's funny. Yep, very true. Anyway, so Blaine says, Hi, guys. I owe Philip Anglim an apology. He showed that he's a capable actor in this episode. Whether it's LeVar Burton's direction or the character's different personality, that made the difference. I don't know, but he was more convincing this week than he has been in the past. Not Emmy-worthy, but not cringe-worthy either. Not BAFTA-worthy either, Andy. Very true. I'm not a religious person at all, but I do like that he experienced some degree of redemption after his orb experience. Also, kudos to Nana Visitor. There's never a moment of doubt about which version of Kira she plays, since everything about the physicality of the two characters is completely different. She's not just saying different lines, she's playing two different people. On the downside, now the, his, his letter should go on and on and on once he gets started the downside, but it's not that long. On the downside, after the first seven episodes of the season, any standalone episode is going to feel like a bit of a detour. I want to see them continue down the long-term path. This will certainly come, but non-serialized stories seem to be detours now. Even if odds are good, we'll see the Mirror Universe again. Finally, I didn't think the intent—I didn't think Intendant Kira would have given up on this plan so easily. Sure, Mirabaril made sure she won't try again today, but now that she knows where the orb is and what its defenses are, and has a means to travel between universes, I can't imagine that she won't come back for an orb of her own again. This one is enjoyable enough while watching it, and is definitely above average for uh, for all of Trek, but it's below average compared to the episodes we've seen for the past season and a half or so. Blaine. So we have a disagreement with Blaine on this, and that's okay. That's fine if he enjoyed it. I, I'm happy for him that he enjoyed it. Uh, I disagree about Philip Anglum's acting, because... I felt like he went from being totally dull to kind of amateurish overacting. Mm. That's that's the way say, I o- saw over it. Over the top. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I didn't feel that there was any subtlety to his performance at all. Uh, you know, your, your mileage may vary. And, I, I, you know, I've said so many times that I respect you know, differing opinions. <coughs> I, I will continue to respect differing opinions in this case. I, I feel this was below average Trek on a whole unlike Blaine, who thinks it's still above average. So, you know, good for you. You got some enjoyment out of it, Blaine. So, that said, what are we doing next but wait. time? What? Do, do, we not have any, do we not have any regular email? Oh, yes, do we, we do. Yes. We do, we do. What do we got? We have an email. Oh, we have, we have Tissum Tissum. Resurrection, yes. The Spatula Messiah speaks again. Mm. Mm. Uh, do you want me to do it? It's, it's sure, not in your contract. You really well, 
my my synopsis was 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 yeah was an inty wincy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini so i don't mind doing the email as well oh you don't I'll mind throw this in for, you for free <laughs> you don't mind thank you i don't you. mind you're so you're so magnanimous i know i'm lowering myself but i'll do it it's what hard to lower yourself say? from from the from the ground floor from the gutter <laughs> i can always go in the sewer there you go what does ben say season six episode eight resurrection hey guys hello to some to some i normally prefer to react rather than preemptively comment but i thought i'd pull a blaine hey and pre-write some comments for you to get to after you've watched a particular episode so why am i so interested in resurrection that is an excellent question ben and one that we hope you will get to very very soon not because it's a favorite exactly but because it's the textbook definition of an underappreciated one-off oh settle in boys this is gonna be interesting it's frequently (laughs) disparaged as dull and even frequently makes most fans worst of lists oh that's interesting i did not know that it's a flawed episode sure but it doesn't deserve the kind of hate so yes this will be a preemptive defense because i pretty much know that you'll hate this one too <laughs> bingo yeah well andy will definitely hate it yeah. <laughs> hey i hated it less than bill paul will probably be non-committal but lukewarm and bill will be yeah. bored <laughs> Yeah, look at that. He knows. I think so I think well. he hit it pretty oh, much on the head. I, I I will I will agree. I think Ben hit it spot on though. Well done, Ben. So especially given that I think crossover is the only really good Mirrorverse story DS9 ever did. Can't speak to Mirrorverse stories in later series. Why do I care? Part of it is being one of the few who always casually appreciated Beryl as the voice of religious moderates, and was sorry to see him so unceremoniously killed off, although not as much as some look up friends of Vedek Beryl sometime. Thus, I'm somehow really intrigued by the inherently conflicted character of evil Beryl, and the chance to see a potentially good man presented with another path his life could have taken. There's fascination in sorting out which parts of his story are true and poetry and how legitimately he changes, despite himself, over the course of the episode. Even the fact that Phil Anglim doesn't seem totally committed to the portrayal of a rogue is something I deliberately chose to see as a feature rather than a bug. Beryl has been playing various characters for so long that he's not really committed to any of them, as we see when he finally drops the mask with Quark. As an aside, Quark is brilliant as the stealth hero of the episode. Yeah, we, we did agree with that, didn't we? The other thing I want to highlight is, to quote my brother, how real the love story feels. After the cartoonish Dax Wharf lovers quarrel from last week, this one feels way more like grown-up follies and foibles. I don't blame Kira for getting taken in so easily or for falling into bed with this guy so quickly, because if you talk to anyone who meets up over an old lover or even someone who just looks like an old lover, buried feelings adequately, buried feelings absolutely emerge very quickly. Think of where Kira is with what she's gone through between Odo and the occupation. I very much buy that she temporarily gets swept up by and take refuge in going back to a less emotionally complicated time. It's inevitable that the episode will bring in the worthless character of Mirakira and move towards the reset button, but I even kind of like the abrupt ending now. The moment Beryl starts to pull the old self-defeating there's only so much I can change thing, Kira's done devoting any more effort to it. This little stroll down memory lane was fun. Time to get back to the main story. I'm giving Resurrection a solid 3.5 sliced Klingon flans out of 5, <laughs> and will stand by that best Ben. Well, that just comes down to degrees of enjoyment. He didn't actually say that he liked anything that we didn't like, and the bits that he did like, we did like, but Ben gets more out of that particular show than we do, which is fine, which is fair enough. Yeah. What do we know? 
Spot on, ob- <laughs> an observation with uh, where we'd all go with it, though. So well done. Yeah, yeah I'm impressed. And see, he didn't even include Dave. He knew Dave wasn't going to be here. Yeah, he knew Dave wasn't here for this episode. Is is it that Tissom Tissom is so impressive in his ability to read us, or is it that we're just so damn predictable? <laughs> that one, probably. Well, it's in, you know, I, it's in my name, Predictable. <laughs> There you go. All right, let's uh, let's knock this one on the edge, should we? All right, what are we doing next time? Next time, next time on an all new episode of Listen to the Prophets. What's the statistical probability that we'll like next week's episode? They were designed for maximum intelligence. They want to find out what makes our genetically engineered brains tick. They claimed they were smart enough to predict the future. So then you agree with our conclusion? It's inescapable. But can a group of mutants? We're all as good as dead. Alter history? Surrender is not an option. If we fight, there will be over 900 billion casualties. On the next Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, 3.5 Fahrenheit. flans out of five. Better, better off listening next week and or two weeks and find out. Indeed. See you then. Bye-bye. So long. Kaflan Chop. Listen to the Prophets at Deep Space Nine Podcast is a two true freaks presentation. It is hosted by Andrew Leyland and Paul Spataro. The music and sound clips used in the show are copyright CBS and Paramount Entertainment. If you'd like to buy stuff from Amazon, and who doesn't, why not drop by the twotruefreaks.com website, where if you click the little link that we have there, it will take you straight through that site, and whilst it won't cost you any extra, we'll put a few shekels in our tip jar, which helps create content like this. We very much hope you enjoyed listening to The Prophets. Every episode is dedicated to the memory of our pal, Sean Engel. Some might say, what's the matter, you... Why'd you have to come back? Why couldn't you stay in dead? Ah, shut up, shut in your up face. In your face. <laughs> Resurrection of the Daleks. Oh, that's a different show. Mm. Deep Space Nine Resurrection. I'm finding a synopsis because it is on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>